<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for screwing up anytime. My sincere pleasure. Fantastic. If there's one thing you can count on. <laughs> and a home of the Welcome to episode 91 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. 91. What? 91. Say it again. 91 episodes. And uh, I am artificially excited about the number 91. And uh, that's that's, that's just because it's a big number. And I think as the days approach... 100, I, I, well, the weeks really approach 100. I am just going to continue to be excited about the higher and higher numbers because, you know, the 90s are uh, exciting. They're an exciting time. It is an exciting time to be potting. Yeah, well, and, and we all know how sacred 99 is in the world of hockey. So I'm really looking forward to that one. But yeah, 100 is going to be special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How are you, James? I'm doing pretty well. I'm still in awe of the American Rhino, but we'll get into that in a minute. But how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Yeah, what I'm alluding to is, and I wish that you would share this with everybody, American Rhino, but Gary is such a great guy. And and one of the things that he does among the many, many great things that he does is he's a member of the module youth program. Correct. And uh, yes, you take good care of our teens and make sure that they have a good full life in the Catholic world, and, and God bless you and, and the kids and everybody else in the module youth program to help these young adults become responsible and good adults and always know that they have a home in the Catholic Church, so God bless you for that. But you had a, a very successful, I hope, fundraiser over the weekend, but the American Rhino, thank you so much for sharing this. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend the ceremony, but the American Rhino did an absolutely astounding version of Amish Paradise, where if you didn't realize it, you thought you were watching Weird Al. That's how excellent it was. He full decked out in the Amish outfit, nailed every word, and it's a lot of words to remember, in beat, and, and the range, your voice is amazing. How you could, I didn't realize how high... Weird Al can sing. He, I mean, you guys are a talented couple of guys. So absolutely flawless, excellent, tremendous. And the goalie that he is, he even went so far as to go down on his knees and he popped right back up like the true American Rhino goalie that he is. So really, congratulations, man. That was sensational. Well, that's quite a bit of praise, and I don't think I deserve all of it. But thank you for, for the kind words. It was, as you said, my youth group's fundraiser, uh, our annual fundraiser, which we have annually, as you would expect from such a thing. It is to raise money primarily for our retreat, to to pay for our retreat, which we take the kids on every year. And uh, it's a night of live music. And in recent years, bingo, there's coffee and desserts and such. And it's, it's all this and raffles and all this for only a $10 cover charge. And uh, I'm 
I know it's a little late to be talking up the coffee house since it's already happened, but that's that's the event that James is talking about. And this year's theme was the 90s, and I am not a particular fan of 90s music, so I had to choose very carefully what I was going to sing. And, and as James mentioned, one of the things I opted for was Amish Paradise. And I think you give me way too much credit in terms of my range. And it's it's appreciated, but I think that it's not nearly as spectacular as you're making it out to be. And I also think you're giving me way too much credit comparing me uh, that favorably to Weird Al because Weird Al is a genius. I've had the good fortune to see him in concert a couple of times. And uh, I know, James, you have as well because you were there with me for at least one of them. And, uh, you know, he, he really is amazing as a performer so to even get close to him is is really as i said high praise so i appreciate that and i thank you for that but uh yes saturday was quite a day saturday was very busy very busy day because in addition to the coffee house and it's not just performing it's all the technical stuff and setup that that entails over the course of the the day and the night before i'm usually there saturday also happened to be my daughter's first reconciliation so we had to leave for a significant portion of the day which considerably compressed the amount of time that i could put into setting up the show on the day so it was really pretty hectic and i'm just i'm glad everything came together so that was uh sunday i was as i advertised that i would be and and true to form uh, Sunday, I was a tepid pile of goo <laughs> after everything <laughs> that happened on Friday and Saturday. So uh, I'm, I'm, I am, to answer your question from earlier, I am mostly recovered from that. So I, I'm in, in reasonably good shape. And thank you again for your kind words, James. No, it's all true. And if you were ever kind enough to share the clip with everybody else, let everybody else be the judge of it. So I think they'd be in my camp. But you're way too humble, and I'm glad everything worked out, and glad you're back, the true gamer that you are. And uh, yeah, this is all tying into this podcast, believe it or not, because we're in the 90s here. So there you go. Indeed. Well, right now, that clip is on my, my personal YouTube channel as unlisted. So you listeners are going to have to petition me pretty hard in order to get me to release that. So that's on you. All right, we got to figure that out. So there's something to work on for the week. Come on, everybody out there, help us out. <laughs> but in the meantime, I think we have a podcast that needs doing. Sure. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Nope, you're, you're on the money with that as well. All right. Well, we might as well get started in the usual way and introduce ourselves. It seems only fair that we've been rambling for all this time. So... In that vein, I am, of course, number 35, your weird American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course... On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, sir. Yeah. So... <laughs> Nicely done. Well, listen, I was, I was a weird American rhino long before I decided to perform at the coffee house. Let's be honest about that. <laughs> well, it paid off in spades. Yeah, well, thank you. But would you be so kind as to tell us what we have on deck for this podcast, James? We'll be happy to, sir. Why, thank you. Local kid makes good. A young man from New Jersey gets the call to play for Team USA's Under-14 World Ball Hockey Championship this June. An article written by Patrick Mulrinen fills us in. Cheap goal. 
The rest of Team USA's under-14 World Ball hockey team is apparently from Massachusetts, and they all have to pay their own way to get to the tournament in Slovakia. Back in February, the first of a few fundraisers was held in Lemonster to help these kids and families. And decking around. Holy hat-trick, Batman! When the American Rhino kindly uploads this very podcast, it will be 316. The next day is St. Patrick's Day, and Monday is the Feast of St. Joseph. Gary and I start the celebrations off with this edition of Hit the Deck. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. I do have one question about that last point you mentioned. Sure. Why did you say that name? Why did you say that name? (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of random to bring up Batman. (laughs) Well, yeah, because... Oh, okay. Well... I get it. I get it. Okay, all right. Thank you. I don't want to have to explain it all. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway... I guess we can we can save the dark night for a little later since that is topic number three. But uh, topic number one, yes, uh, as you said, a, a local kid uh, makes good. Um, yeah, and tell us about that, would you, sir? Yeah, well, the both of us would, can do it, but I'd be happy to kick it off at least. The young no, man, you named, do it. Sorry. <laughs> I, yes, sir. A young man named Blake Gray who hails from Egg Harbor Township which is in southern New Jersey and by Atlantic City, and also not too far from Brigantine, which Gary and I talked about in HTD 79, because they have a great ball hockey league down there, the BHL, and it all comes full circle here. So this young man, of course, he's 13 years old, so he's qualified for the under-14 world ball team, has been playing deck hockey since he was four, and now he gets the chance to represent his country I think this is the first time Team USA is fielding a 14 and under deck hockey team for the World Ball Hockey Championship. So it's pretty, pretty cool. I mean, they have different age ranges for the tournaments going up to, uh, I think, 20 years old and then above for the, the men and women. But pretty exciting. There's only about 22 kids that were selected. And they will get into this more a little bit into the uh, next article as to who was tried out and where and and so on and so forth so it's pretty exciting especially to have a kid this close to uh, our backyard at least where gary and i are from and and pretty exciting to see that ball hockey is in such good hands Mm. and that they can field an entire team of such youngsters to represent their country overseas i gotta say james that is an impressive story and i'm happy for this kid but it's a little bit i mean i would be lying if I were to say that it was not a little bit disconcerting to me that this 13-year-old kid has been playing deck hockey twice as long as I have. <laughs> I guess you and me both, actually. So, right. That's, uh, you got to start young, I guess. But the beauty of life is a lot of things you're never too old to do. And while we're still breathing, you might as well make the most of it. But no, of course. And it's some, good that these kids will be able to see the world. Yeah, exactly. That That's pretty amazing, too. But growing up, I never thought that playing street hockey or something would turn into anything else besides playing with my friends on my block or whatever the case is. So this is something else for the youngsters to shoot for. No pun intended. Like when I was four, I was watching Voltron like I, <laughs> you know, G.I. Joe or whatever. So that that's I <laughs> I can't imagine. No, nah, it's true. Maybe I was playing wiffle ball with my older brother at that time, but I, I doubt it. Maybe we were just kind of learning how to have a catch and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. But 
Yeah, man. I mean, uh, especially for this young Mr. Gray, that that's awesome for it's weird. I mean, the kid's 13 years old and yeah, he's been playing for what, nine years or whatever the case is. He's a, he's a veteran. He's that's a crafty right. veteran. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, pretty amazing. And, and I'm glad that it worked out for him and he's a very humble young man too. And one of the things that the coach was looking for was humility to field this team. And he was quoted as saying that he thanks his parents for taking him to all the tryouts. And he plays for a couple of different teams in his local street hockey leagues in Atlantic City. There's a Pee A squad, I believe, known as the Sharks. And he plays for another team called the Phantoms. Is the, is the Pee B squad called the Jets? <laughs> Maybe. That would be, yeah. <laughs> Keep it cool, James. At least the Sharks were the top 12 and under. Oh, ice hockey team. Excuse me. It's an ice hockey team. Oh. Uh, yeah. So uh, they were the top 12 and under ice hockey team in the state of New Jersey last year. And they won the New Jersey Youth Hockey League title. Pretty amazing. I thought the Sharks played in California. Yeah, well, I guess, uh, I guess, I don't know. Maybe they have to take that up with the NHL. Uh-huh. Maybe since it's Jersey, there's no like territorial dispute there. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we it's a big country and we could all get along, I suppose. And since the devils are cool with it, maybe the sharks have to be too. I don't know how that works. But no, uh, that, that's that's great. It's good the kid yeah. is humble and it's good that he is, uh, you know, coachable, which is what his coach was looking for. It's like Herb Brooks said, you know, he, he doesn't want the best players. He wants the right players. Amen to that. It's true. And so Blake and four other of his teammates of the Phantoms were given a tryout for Team USA. And that was back in early October. But Blake was the only one called back for a second tryout, which was held in Massachusetts very late October. So around Halloween or so. And he made the team. So it's the first ever 14 and under fielded by Team USA. And there's going to be 22 players on the roster out of a field of at least 100 in his age group. So to make the team is really unbelievable, the odds to do it. And so... I tap my stick to this young man and all of his teammates as well. That's pretty, pretty awesome. And the parents too, they deserve accolades as well. Yeah. Can you imagine being a 13 year old kid having to drive up and down the country just to try out for this team? No. Yeah. That that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. For deck hockey. Um, but that just goes to, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm assuming they drove. I really have no idea how they got from one place to the other. I guess they could have flown, but you know, it seems, it's driving seems more deck hockey, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. As we were talking about in the previous podcasts about the Ironman tournament and things like that, that uh, so many players from around the country and even from Canada, as a matter of fact, made their way down to North Carolina. And uh, that's very deck hockey. Absolutely. Those fancy boys on the ice fly. The, the, <laughs> the real grinders in, in, on the deck, they drive. That's right. It is, after all, a pavement-based sport. True. Very true. You're 100% correct. Team USA head coach Bill Almond said that he felt that Blake was very smart when he plays. He's not necessarily the biggest player out there, but he moves the ball well and has the potential to be a team leader, too. He's an unselfish player. He uses his brain, uh, makes up for, you know, if he's not the most physical guy, he makes up for it in other ways. It's very Gretzky-esque, and that's really awesome to see that a man this young, and there must be many others like him and girls playing ice hockey or deck hockey or whatever the case is, that are learning the game so well from a young age 
and can graduate from there. It's amazing. It really is. At that age, to have the judgment to know when to shoot and when to pass and be a smart player like that, that's really remarkable. Right. And the players that made the team are mainly from Illinois, New York, Massachusetts, which will, again, we'll get more into that into the next topic, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So really a small area. I was astounded not to see anybody from the Detroit area or uh, North Carolina, of course, or um, from the state of hockey in uh, Minnesota. So that just makes it that much harder to have made the squad, I think. You know, with the exception of Illinois, these are all East Coast teams. So, I mean, not that Illinois is West Coast or anything, but it's not on the East Coast. And I'm wondering if that has to do with where the tryouts were held. Like, going back to what we were saying earlier about having to ship yourself up and down the country, maybe the kids, we are talking about 13, 14-year-old kids, maybe the kids from the Western states and the Middle states just couldn't get to wherever the tryouts were being held, you know, it's, it's possible. Yeah. You know, that, that's a great point. I was thinking the same thing because there are a lot of areas where we've had guests on this very podcast that speaking of team USA, the, the ladies of team USA, one of them was from California and I, I believe both of them both grew up in the West coast as a matter yeah, of fact. They, were, they both grew up in California, although different right. parts, but one of them moved over here by uh, New York. Right. Cherie. Exactly. Right. Thank you for, uh, jogging the memory yeah so yeah man um you're right it, it seems that it was very centralized so that's maybe had something to do with it but i don't know if they had different regions or anything but according to this article those are the four states or yeah the four states that they mentioned five i should say yeah uh, illinois new york massachusetts jersey and pennsylvania so why don't you tell us a little more about the rest of the team on team usa james yeah we'll do coach almond was saying that he was looking for a very specific skill set kids that are coachable, that are not glory hounds, and that's how it'll go. And, and Team USA, the 14 and under, will face other teams from the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Switzerland, and Sweden. And there may even be a few other teams before the tournament starts that they will also face. And this is, again, overseas and pretty exciting. Hopefully they're a little better sports than the last U.S. tournament that we covered on this podcast. Yeah, that's right. Gary, you did an excellent job fielding all of the uh, play-by-play and highlights of the last of the 2017 tournament in uh, Scrimmage 10, if you want to listen to that again. And Team USA kind of ran into some not very friendly opposition. and um, Not very some, friendly fans. Yeah, not very friendly fans, too. In so. Pardubica. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that it's in a, in a city that we can, we can pronounce in Slovakia this time. Right. That, that's helpful. <laughs> but what, exactly. what is the city? Do we know the city in Slovakia? Oh, you're right. It is, and we'll jump right into the second topic right now. Oh, uh, Nitra or Nitra or something. At least, at least there's fewer options <laughs> to yeah. pronounce this one. It's not going to be like Nitara. You know, it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm confident it's probably one of those Nitra or Nitra. Yeah, because when you were doing. You notice that the announcers kept pronouncing Pardubis or whatever it was, what, like 15 different times or something over the course of the tournament? Yeah, nobody could seem to get it straight. You can sure. go back and listen to Scrimmage 10 for that. It was, I think it was 10, right? It was, yes, it was. Okay, right. yeah. You can go back and listen to Scrimmage 10 for all of our coverage on the U.S. world, well, not the U.S., but the U.S. team in the world 
ball hockey championships back in whenever that was. I don't last June. year. I don't remember which month it was. It was June. June. All right. June then. Oh, James yeah. says it was June, so it's June. <laughs> the sixth month. Yeah. <laughs> I don't That's um, not I don't I don't know. Everybody knows that. That's, no, I don't know. Not necessarily. <laughs> but so joining Mr. Gray yeah. are uh, a few teammates from Massachusetts and the kind people of Lemonster had the first of a few fundraisers that they're going to have to help the families send their kids and I guess at least one guardian, I'd imagine, overseas to the tournament coming up this June of 2018 in Slovakia. Yeah, in Lemonster, we love us some hockey. That's right. Yeah, they do. And general manager Dan Walsh, again, he has 22 players for his roster, including 16 from Massachusetts. And I'm not sure about the math here, but 13 from north central Massachusetts. So I guess they're either going to have to cut the roster down to 22 going overseas or maybe that includes backup players. I don't know. But that's like 29, according to my math, 16 and 13. Yep. Yep. Makes, makes sense. Yeah. And that, and that doesn't tracks. There you go. And that doesn't seem to include the kids from New York and Jersey and from Illinois. So I don't know. We'll see. So back in February, on February 3rd, they did a fundraiser from starting 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. that uh, was titled, Let's Send Him to Slovakia. Slovakia. <laughs> send him to Slovakia. Definitely, that's probably what it I'm sounds like. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm sorry. Oh, good, good. I apologize to anyone who's listening from Massachusetts. It's I can't help myself. Hey, we get made fun of enough with our Brooklyn accent. Well, at least I do with my Brooklyn accent. So Deservedly so, but still. Not to um, our face. No, right? So on Saturday, February 3rd, from 6 to 11, they had their fundraiser. And it was just adults only, so I guess they let the kids stay home and relax. I assumed that it would have been deck hockey played, but seemed like it was along your lines of the module youth program fundraiser, where they had companies donate gifts and services from local businesses. They had prize baskets and raffles. and Wicked food great and raffles, kid. Right? And among them were tickets to a Bruins game. Original six. There you go. But I think my favorite part about this, and maybe I need to move to Lemonster, is that their mayor is named Mayor Dean Mozzarella. <laughs> now... That's a it, cheesy name there, James. Yeah, the he spells it M A. I'm sure the poor man hasn't heard that his whole life too. <laughs> yeah. But one of my all-time favorite cheeses and my Italian is showing and so be it, but the the only difference between the spelling between the cheese and this wonderful man's last name is he spells it M A and mozzarella is spelled M O the cheese. Other than that, it's it's identical. But either way, man, I mean if you're going to be named after a food or similar Name to a food, you can't go wrong with mozzarella. Everybody loves it. There would be no pizza without <laughs> mozzarella. Oh, my God. I can't think of that. So that, that's exactly true. So he was there on hand with other local dignitaries and coaches and parents of players on the team. The GM, Mr. Walsh, was also on hand and the youth director of the Lemonster Deck Hockey Center. And it was again, it was a lengthy process to get these young men it's just an all-boys team, too, by the way. They do have other uh, teams fielded 
throughout the tournament, and there is at least one team with the boys and girls combined, and I think there might be for the under ages kids, you know, from under 20 and, and below. So I think there may be an all-girls team too. But as far as I could tell from the research was that there's one boys and girls team and then everything else is for boys. Well, so just if the Olympics are any indication, then the girls team may well be better than the boys team. So, <laughs> Yeah, just, just putting that out there just in case anybody's uh, out there keeping score and making sure everything's fair. Everything's fair. Everything's cool. So don't worry. Don't, don't get your backs up. It's all, it's all right. So, but yeah, it was a lengthy process. It took months of scouting and several tryouts, as we mentioned before, from New Jersey to Massachusetts. And then they, kid. Yeah, they whittled it down to the, uh, the roster, about 22 kids, or I guess about 29 at this point. And then they will get it down to what they need to do. And as uh, Gary alluded to, like coach Brooks with Team USA, the 1980 team, how hard that was to get that team down to just, what, 22 or whatever it was, which is really hard when uh, all of these young men and women put in their blood, sweat, and tears to uh, make the team. So really to whittle it down to just the elite or exactly what you're looking for can't be easy. Yeah, it's got to be especially hard on the kids and the parents of the kids that don't make it. Like, I understand that at any level... If you get that far and you fall just short, then it's heartbreaking. But especially when you're that young and you've put in that much effort to try and make this team, that that's really that it can't be easy for the kids to take and it can't be easy for the coach to have to make those decisions. So credit to everybody in that scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not being condescending here or anything. Just the fact that you were looked at as they say, for uh, being nominated for an award, that it truly is an honor enough. But to whittle it down, there could only be one winner, so to speak. And uh, yeah, can so... be only one. That's a little for... Highlander's reference there. I don't know if you're uh, a Highlander. It's, um, in, the, in the 80s, there was a big, big fight on top of the Silver Cup Studios. The Queen did the most of the music. It was... Um, Kind of the guy with the sword and the cut off the heads and the um, Scottish Highlander. It was Highlander. It was a Highlander reference. There can be only one. There was a TV show. uh, That's actually what got me into Queen, I think. The theme song to that show was the song Princes of the Universe, which was done by Queen. And uh, we got that CD, I think, and I got their greatest hits because I liked that one thing so much. And they became my favorite band. So. You know, I have Highlander to thank for my my queen fandom. So thank you, Highlander. Thank you, Adrian Paul. (laughs) That was incredibly random. It all worked out. And (laughs) so to help these young young boys and their parents to uh, go overseas and represent their country, they estimate that it costs between $1,800 and about $2,000 per person to fly over to Slovakia coming up in June. I don't know about if they have to even pay their own hotel bills and things of that nature. And the tournament, I think, lasts maybe uh, a couple of weeks or so. And it's pretty intense. So the good people of Lemonster wanted to make sure that these uh, young boys get a chance to go out there with their parents and not have to sacrifice too, too much in terms of paying the bills to get out there. You know, James, that's not as uncommon as you might think. Even in the Olympics, I think the less popular sports, a lot of times the athletes have to pay their own way. Yeah, that, that is really odd to me. It's like, hey, you want to come over here? 
you're more than welcome. But, uh, oh, by the way, you don't mind taking care of the bill, do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I guess, I guess a lot of these things are paid for with, well, you know, the big ticket. I'm going back to the Olympics, but like the big ticket teams like, you know, hockey and maybe bobsled. And I'm just thinking winter because we just had winter and I don't know, curling maybe since that's gotten very popular. The stuff that they can really promote probably has a pool of money that like the U.S. Olympics Commission or whatever. I don't know. I don't recall what it's called, but the U.S. Olympic governing body that oversees it they probably have funds discretionary funds that they can throw into those sports but the more obscure sports you know there's no money in it because there's no really there's not a lot of demand it's very specialized and there's probably not a lot of sponsors that want to throw money in for it like if you're nike or you know adidas or whatever or uh you know, uggs or I, I have no idea whatever i'm trying to think of people who might sponsor winter sports but you're probably not putting that much money into sponsoring the mixed double biathlon or whatever like you know the the third string speed skater in the 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 tag cross i don't know what i'm talking about relay you're not you're probably not getting the the same kind of fancy fun i mean maybe if you're lucky they'll pay for your uniform but that that's you know i don't think being part of the olympic delegation at the bottom end of the popularity spectrum gets you gets you much money in terms of getting you there and it's going to be the same for these tournaments you know these international tournaments there's probably not a lot of money set aside for this kind of thing from a support standpoint so yeah these kids are going to be expected to pay their own way and a lot of that is done through fundraisers so that that's not uncommon and i'm glad the community is coming together to help these kids out in getting there because it is a big deal representing your country whether you're paying your own way or not representing this country is a big deal absolutely and just like the american rhino said that uh, the kids that didn't make the squad maybe they weren't they have nothing to be disappointed for after all or if something to uh, look forward to for next year and, and work a little bit harder or learn something new. But either way, they don't have to worry about the uh, $2,000 bill. But that's really cool exactly for the good people of Lemonster. And also, they are looking forward to other fundraisers, particularly one coming up on May 7th, which is a golf outing. And uh, if we hear anything else in between, we'll definitely let you know. Yes, we definitely will let you know about that. You know, details to follow as we have them. Right. And as always, we'll put up links and to our Facebook page and our Twitter accounts and all that mm-hmm. to keep you guys posted. Definitely. So finally, we have a little uh, seasonal topical segment here. And yeah. uh, as as we release this podcast on, on this 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 Friday of release, it is 316, which, you know, you could just hear the glass breaking now. Indeed. <laughs> But exactly right, yeah. March 13th, uh, March 13th, March 16th. Rhino 316 says, I just cast your pod. Very good. Um, But to explain that for people that may not be uh, familiar, uh, us Catholics and Christians, I'm assuming Christians as well, that we just recently read the actual passage in one of the uh, recent Lenten masses. As a matter of fact, the John 316 
basically is the summation of what Jesus is all about and, and God's love for us. So that's why, if you recall, if you're old enough, that uh, in terms of baseball games and football games and maybe even basketball games that were televised on TV, there would always be somebody within the camera shot and usually would wear a bright, crazy wig or something and have a big sign that just said John 316, and that's what it was all about. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son... So that those who could believe believe in him could be saved. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, that's the one. Right, right. So... Thank you, sir. Yeah, well, and, I got I got most of the way there. But yeah, that's but that's the that's the gist of it, if anything, and and that's the uh, the point of it. So fast forward to uh, a certain wrestler named Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's where he borrowed it and quote unquote the three sixteen, the Austin three sixteen from. Yeah, it's it's funny that wasn't like a big planned thing. That was just uh, here 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 we go with the the wrestle cast here. But uh, bear with us. Dear listener, if you're not a fan, but basically here's your history lesson. Jake, the snake Roberts at the time was, he had become like a born again Christian and his gimmick was that he was doing all kinds of like Christian. He was quoting scriptures and the Bible and stuff and talking about how God had saved him. Stone cold. Steve Austin was facing him and he basically he'd beaten him and he was talking about, oh, you you talk about your your John three sixteen. Well, Austin three sixteen says, I just did something unpleasant to you. That's not quite how the quote goes, but this is a family podcast. Thank you, sir. Yes, I bested you in competition, sir. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden, it, it saved the WWF. It was the WWF at that time. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was just a thing that, that Austin threw out there just in reaction to the character that he was opposing and, and what had been going on. And it was meant as just a throwaway line. And then suddenly people started bringing signs all, you know, to, to the shows and it caught on like wildfire and it became their like best selling shirt of all time and made Vince McMahon and Steve Austin lots and lots of money. Right. Cause that's what Vince McMahon really worships. So God bless. <laughs> but and that's, that's the bottom line. That's right. That's right. And also for, uh, I'm a big Van Halen fan too. And Eddie Van Halen's son, Wolfgang was born on March 16th. And I believe his birthday this year, I think he's going to be 27 or so. And uh, also on um, one of the albums of Van Halen's great catalog, in concert, Eddie would always play kind of a a similar uh, solo every show that we'd all want to listen to and go crazy about. And then for one of the later albums after Wolfgang was born, he recorded it for the record and named it 316. And it's a Hmm. beautiful sounding. Yeah, it's really wonderful. It's an instrumental and, and beautiful and uh, means so much more, I'm sure, to Eddie and his son, who's an excellent musician himself. And will be coming out with an album soon, I hope, of his own work. He's an excellent bassist, and I think he's even talented enough to be a chip off the old block in terms of playing guitar as well. And he could sing, Wolfgang. So hopefully he has his own career, and we're looking forward to that. At least I am, or other Van Halen fans. And also, too, just to mention, it's only a couple of weeks left in Lent, everybody. So there is the the light at the end of the tunnel. So keep it up, and Easter will be that much better for you. Yeah, if you've forgotten to give something up, there's still time. That's right. 
yeah, get to confession. But still, there, there's still time. That, that's, that's beauty. Now, American Rhino, if you wouldn't mind, uh, you're wearing such a beautiful jersey to bring us into the next part of the holy hat trick. Oh, Sharon, you're right, lad. I'm wearing a nice Irish hockey jersey that I got from the Brooklyn Cyclones, Bigora. Oh, it's a lovely jersey in recognition of St. Paddy's Day. Oh, Iron Gobra. Uh, you know, I, I said, I told myself I wasn't going to do that this year. I said, I'm better than that, but we all know I'm not. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I can't help. I actually, last week I was watching an interview with Colm, 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 Colm who played Chief O'Brien on Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. And he was talking about, he is Irish, and he was talking about how in Ireland they really resent the American stereotype of the Irish brogue. And it's, I guess it's a lot like how the English feel about Dick Van Dyke's performance in Mary Poppins. Uh, there's a chim chimney, chim chimney sweep day. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, right. You all Mary Poppins. So, yeah, that's that's how the Irish feel about the American Irish accent. <laughs> the brogue, the wee brogue that we put on every year for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it's so very offensive to them, lads. Nobody actually talks like this. Oh, it's an offensive stereotype, sure, and it's a terrible idea. You do kind of sound like Bono a little bit, though. Yeah. Bono's more... Bono talks yeah. more like this. That's, that's very... That's a, a more authentic Irish accent, I think. That's excellent, by the way. Yeah, well, I I have a knack for accents. Naxents? No, that's that that's, it doesn't work. Hashtag naxents. Hashtag naxents. Yeah, you can't see me <laughs> uh, tapping my fingers together as in like the hash, hashtag. You can maybe you can hear it, but yeah, okay. Anyway, okay, yeah. So for all of our. Uh... Irish uh, Americans out there, or maybe even if you're getting this podcast in Ireland, we're sorry, and it's all in good fun and and just. Me sincerest apologies to you. Exactly. Yes. So please don't uh, don't come after us or anything like that. But yeah, that's uh, the the beautiful jersey that uh, the American Rhino was wearing, and the previous two years of this podcast, when St. Patrick and St. Joseph's Day came up, the first year for St. Patrick, we went over the best hockey players. And uh, not just NHLers, but the best hockey players that we know, including deck hockey players, named Patrick. So one of our very own Patrick Fogarty of the LIQ and my close, close friend growing up. I don't know life without him, actually. And so he was definitely on that list. And then last year we went over, speaking of the jersey, we went over some of the best because every year the NHL in particular, I believe the NBA does as well, where they have a special and MLB. Mm. that they put together special uh, St. Patrick's Day-themed jerseys and caps and hats and shirts and things for with the, the, the team's logos on them and stuff like that. So It's, it's all about it's, the almighty merch, James. Right, the other green, yeah, exactly, that fans can buy and, and enjoy. And it's always done in really good taste, too. I mean, the, the jersey Gary's wearing, which we have pictures on our Instagram, and we've put up on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter as well. It's really a good-looking jersey. It's a really nice shade of green, and uh, it just really looks cool. And I've yes. got some. Cheers to you, Cyclones! Yeah, exactly. So we we did do uh, 
we uh, acknowledged the good work of the Brooklyn Cyclones, and there it is right there. So that's along the lines of what the NHL does and other leagues. So this year, we're kind of trying to come up with something a little bit more unique to good old St. Patrick, uh, because we love him and we appreciate what he's done. Throw the snakes out of Ireland, he did. That's right. And uh, we even said that what a great deck hockey player St. Patrick and St. Joseph would be Mm. last year, and, and you can't dispute that. But this year, kind of tying it all in together, where our own LIQ teammate, John Lenhart, and and I believe he's Irish as well, as he has really nice looking hockey gloves with the Irish flag colors on it and stuff like that. But he recently met Jim Craig, the goalie of the 1980 Team USA. Yeah. How about that? And on Jim Craig's mask, if you're familiar with, if, if you don't know, please go check out the movie Miracle. He had... A uh, was it? I believe it was a four-leaf clover, if if not just a shamrock on his mask. I don't recall. Yeah, so I, I'd have to. I apologize for not knowing exactly, but it's at least a shamrock for good luck on his mask that he had. So that's pretty cool too. So that kind of ties in the whole thing. And also, St. Patrick's Cathedral is really close to the NHL store in Manhattan, and it's not too far from MSG, where the New York Rangers plays. Okay. I mean, in the cosmic sense, it's not too far from any of us. No, that's true, too. Yeah. There's even a St. Patrick's in Brooklyn, which um, is uh, maybe five minutes away from where I live. So, And St. Patrick's Cathedral is big enough that you could fit a hockey arena comfortably inside of it. So That's very true. That's right. And uh, yeah, maybe even <laughs> you could break out some deck hockey or something. But that, yeah, that might be sacrilegious, but uh, that would be yeah. a good way to get yourself kicked out. And yeah. But don't... what a way. Oh, yeah, I guess. We're just gonna. Do you mind if we move these pews? We just we need to clear a little floor space. That's that's cool, right? Cool. A guy on the podcast said it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was David Jay Z that said that. Right. Yes, way. he yeah. he would say that. Yes, 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 he would. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, anything else you want to bring up for good old St. Patrick? Please do, and and for everybody listening out there, have a very happy and safe. St. Patrick's Day, as it's on a Saturday this year, so everybody behave yourselves and enjoy it. And remember the true meaning of the of the day that you're celebrating a very important saint. Well, which is it, James? Do you want them to behave responsibly, or do you want them to enjoy themselves? <laughs> well, I mean, you and I could do both. I don't see why not everybody else can. So, <laughs> I tell you what, I am looking forward to some corned beef and cabbage. I love me some mm. corned beef. Yeah, you know what? That's another thing that was Americanized, too. With the, I just There was a recent, well, to get off a little bit of a tangent, there was a recent series. On the of, Hit the Deck podcast? Yeah, right? <laughs> if you Heaven could forfend. I learned That's that such uh, a thing. Yeah, the, the origins of uh, corned beef and cabbage really started in America, and it yeah. didn't have much to do with anything. No, no, uh, it's, uh, it started uh, yeah. in like the Irish slums, where they yeah. were forbidden from having meat. And they had to hide the smell of the corned beef with the pungent aroma of cabbage. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah. it's delicious nonetheless. Definitely. And uh, so let's go over to Monday celebration of good old St. Joseph. Yeah, I am not going to do a stereotypical Italian accent because my wife is in earshot, which means I'm in stapler shot. <laughs> yeah, and... and um. I guess I would be the designated stereotypical Italian guy here, but I'm hey, not, how you doing? Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna do it either. So. 
Um, but uh, yeah, St. Jo- <laughs> as we also mentioned in uh, the first year of the podcast, that the best players, the best hockey players we know, named Joseph, uh, not only just NHLers, but uh, in the LIQ. Uh, and uh, we went over how St. Joseph would have made the world's greatest hockey sticks, too, last year mm-hmm. because of his skill set. Yep. And also what a great player he would have been as well. So going to this year, St. Joseph's excellent skills would really come in handy to create boards for a deck hockey leagues like ours that could use them. Because in the area where we play, if we wanted to expand to do a, a tournament or something like that, we'd need a lot more room and we would need boards. So who better than the great St. Joseph to send down his skills there we could build some good solid boards and make sure that they are uh, not permanent. And there you go. That'd that'd be a nice little inspiration. That is a great observation. I bet he'd also be great at crafting the wooden spoons that I understand Italian mothers and grandmothers like to beat people with. Yeah. And, uh, and and rolling pins too. Yeah. Mm -hmm, uh, Yep. Definitely. I I, I could vouch for that. That's true. So uh, useful all over the place. Who doesn't like a carpenter? Sure. <laughs> so the same thing for the RSL and the Hockey at Rockies tournament, too. And hopefully we will know about the next Hockey at Rockies tournament, as we did not know about the one that was held earlier this year. Now I keep checking Facebook and I keep not seeing anything. So we're going to have to rely on Craig for that one. Yeah, well, poor Craig. He goes to the bar and he didn't even know about it. He found out afterwards. So he was really upset by that. So Help us, he- Craig. You're our only hope. Exactly right. And again, very happy name day to all of you Patricks and Josephs out there. Indeed. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Though you are not named Patrick or Joseph, we appreciate you nonetheless. And we thank you for being the voice of this podcast. We would also like to thank you, our dear listener, for listening to this nonsense. We would like to thank James's brother, Anthony Sejazi, for providing music to the podcast, the LIQ for sound effects. And of course, we would invite you, encourage you, and applaud you were you to subscribe to this podcast and to our YouTube channel, which is Hit the Deck Podcast on YouTube. And we'd really love it if you'd recommend this podcast to a friend. Help us grow Hit the Deck. Because the bunch of us is great, but the bunch of us plus a bunch more is even better. So let's get there. You know, you just, you, you're playing hockey. You want the strongest possible team you can get. So help us grow our team. Would you? And while you're at it, please consider contacting us. If you want to reach out to us about anything, really, if you want to harass me about Weird Al, or uh, if you want to complain about the awful, awful Irish brogue, or anything else, please feel free to do so at hitthedeck, that's D-E-K, deck hockey deck, hitthedeck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at hitthedeckpod on the Twitter. You can, uh, of course, reach us on Instagram or Facebook. We are at hitthedeck. And as I said, you can cruise on over to our YouTube channel and leave comments for stuff because that's a valid form of communication as any, I suppose. James, is there anything that I've neglected to mention? No, you got it all, sir, and thank you. And uh, yeah, speaking of growing the podcast, just a special thank you to Kevin, Jeremy, and especially Lou for always promoting the podcast through Twitter and Facebook. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yes, those guys are what 
some might call menches. Not me, but some. So uh, we thank you all for your contributions to the podcast. You're good guys, and we thank you. We sincerely appreciate your efforts. So that being said, whether you are a young child who is representing your country in the great, great sport of deck hockey, or whether you are an adult who's just out there having a good time, whether you are celebrating St. Patrick's Day or St. Joseph's Day or just the fact that it is a day of the week that ends in Y. Regardless of what you are doing, I would encourage you always to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Oh, just a wee skosh. Oh, Lord, the level, just a wee skosh. Oh, sure. Sure, and a wee skosh. Bigara, it's an offensive accent.